0: Welcome back to Stripped Down. Can't even tell you how freaking excited I am about this woman and mama and powerhouse I have on the line. She is a author. She is a sex and relationship coach. She's a mom of two. She has an award-winning you know, product developer, entrepreneur, author, media personality. She helps women reclaim the power of their sensuality and sexual satisfaction through her coaching practice and live workshops. Her advice and her brand, Booty Parlor's products, have been featured everywhere. Marie Claire, Women's Health, Parents, Red Book, Nylon, Allure, Good Morning America, like Excess Hollywood, you name it, it's been there. Her first book, The Official Booty Parlor Mojo Makeover, Four Weeks to a Sex You, was published by HarperCollins. I mean, like I said, she is a powerhouse. She is a, you know, sex and you know, health relationship expert. And she, I just love everything she's doing. She was born and raised in Chicago and, um, lived in uh, Los Angeles and Brooklyn and St. Lucia, and now resides in Miami with her husband and who is also her business partner and her two children, Rocky and Indy. I just like, can't wait for this real raw sexual conversation. Dana B Myers, welcome to my show.
1: Oh my god! Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for that super enthusiastic introduction. I love it.
0: Oh my god! Well, hello. You have so much going on, and I mean, before we dive in, I know I like already kind of read off a little bit from your bio, but like, yeah, take us through. You know who Dana B Myers is, and like explain founder of Booty Parlor, and totally kind of wound up in you know this world of sex and yes. relationship coach, especially yes of two.
1: Yes. So look, it's a long story, but long story short, I was always really passionate about all things beauty and all things sex. My mom was a makeup artist and I would just follow her along to the beauty shop where she worked and kind of witnessed her have these real girlfriend to girlfriend conversations with women. And I was a kid, but they were revealing their secrets and their relationship challenges and how they felt about themselves. And And they would have this conversation with my mom. And at the end of this makeover, they would just feel more beautiful. They would feel kind of just more turned on and connected and confident to themselves. So I kind of grew up in this bubble of female empowerment in that sense. And at the same time, you know, once my hormones started kicking in, I was a very curious young woman. And my parents talked to me about sex. They created an open dialogue so that I wasn't afraid or felt shame around this very natural part of me. Um, but, you know, they were like, look, we see who you are. Now let's talk about it. And so I felt very empowered around myself as a sensual, sexual person, as a human. And so naturally, I just became that girl that all my friends were coming to for both makeup and beauty advice and sex advice. And fast forward many years, after a career uh, in the music business in both New York, and then I moved to LA and was working for a big entertainment agency, I thought, you know what? I just, I want to go back to doing what I love. What could I do in beauty and sex? And 15 years ago, what's now known as the sexual wellness industry was still really the triple X business, right? Like Santa Monica Boulevard, it was still very much the triple X business. And I thought there's just a better way there's a better way to do this that doesn't feel porny, that doesn't feel gross. And um, I had met this guy on Match.com, who's now my husband of 15 years. And we brainstormed the concept, quit our jobs, raised the money, and launched the brand Booty Parlor. And, I mean, it's crazy to think that I've had the brand for 15 years, but we've been everywhere. We were at Victoria's Secret, um, Ulta, Henry Bendel before it closed down. And now most of our product business is international. Um, but over the course of all these years, I've done hundreds of workshops for women. Uh, and then I wrote two books about women and sex and how we feel about our bodies and our desires and where we get hung up, where we don't feel comfortable to communicate to our partners and, and, and solutions to those challenges. Um, so I started writing books. I started coaching women and doing workshops. And I do online courses. And I just, you know, it just kind of all evolved quite organically. Um, and like you said, I am a mom of two. And certainly, you know, having my first kid was a real wake up call, a real reckoning like, whoa, this is what it feels like to lose your libido and start resenting the husband that you loved five minutes ago. Um, and that really prompted me to dig deeper into my own experience of motherhood, and of course, you know, we all share the same challenges and problems. So I just started digging into the challenges and obstacles most moms uh, experience when it comes to self-love and sex and relationships. And, um, And now my work is primarily coaching moms on how to feel better and more amazing and how to integrate sensuality within the daily reality of our lives. Because you know it things can get pretty unsexy.
0: Oh, completely. And I just love, by the way, like how honest you were about like, you know, like where it started, you know, how, you know, you came to this. I love that it was like sex and makeup. How much fun is that? Just wardrobe styling and I'm in heaven. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, totally. So awesome. Like so cool. And I love too that your parents really made a safe dialogue and conversation because I think a lot of parents, like even my own, tried to do that for me, but I would always get squeamish and be like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. Oh, you know, so I think it's really cool that you say you, you know, had like that experience that they really established that for you, that you didn't really have that taboo or like squeamish feeling of like, oh, I really don't want to talk about this. Totally.
1: And you know, I can clarify there too, because of course there were times When, you know, my eyes were rolling in the back of my head and I did feel squeamish and I didn't want to talk to them, but they, they sort of never, um, they never stopped just letting me know that they were there to listen. Um, and of course, you know, there were also, you know, there was one moment where I got into a little bit of trouble and my mom, you know, mother knows best mother's intuition. She sensed that I wouldn't talk to her about it and that I needed to talk to someone about it. And so she found a great therapist and sent me to a therapist to talk. And, and it was always like they were just providing opportunities for me to talk and really to, um, to just keep expressing myself. I mean, I think that's, you know, so much of our culture, and it's changing now, but so much of our culture is like, be as creative as you want, but sex, it still has to stay behind closed doors. Talk about whatever you want, but don't talk about sex you know that's still private and i think it's important that we just break that taboo down because if it weren't for sex and pleasure no one would exist
0: <laughs> it just doesn't <laughs> make sense to me you know and people wouldn't be happy like let's be real like you always know when like a girlfriend needs to get laid because you're like oh okay something is off with you and you just totally. like get some
1: <laughs> totally or here's a vibrator if you don't have a you know another person like yeah. here have an always. orgasm feel better for me it's really um, you know, it's so much about self-care and self-love. I think a lot of people will sometimes say to me, Oh, well, you're just born this way. You're different. And I'm like, it's not, I wasn't born with this crazy high libido. I'm not like, you know, a superhero with this insane libido. I, what I, what I did discover quite early on was that pleasure is like rocket fuel, right? Pleasure gets you through a hard day. Pleasure helps you deal with stress. Pleasure helps you feel more confident about yourself when you know your body, and then you feel confident to communicate about yourself to other people. So the, the difference is that I just, I, I sort of, you know, I, I accepted pleasure as my, as my savior. Um, no, I just, I just learned the pleasure could kind of be the rocket fuel that guided me through life um, and it does I mean motherhood, working motherhood is crazy you know it oh yeah we're juggling we're we're switching roles we're switching gears all the time and um, and it's important that we layer on pleasure to remember ourselves um, and to soothe our stress and anxiety in this kind of crazy multitasking life that we lead
0: yeah absolutely and especially nowadays like you said like especially entrepreneurs and doing so Mm. much it's like we have so much going on and I really appreciate you saying like it really is self-care and it's so important because like I even realized that with my baby moon like this past week you know that I went on with Justin it was like so necessary for us to reconnect in that way especially me being pregnant because like obviously I'm like Really big now, with my belly, and like not really feeling myself or my body, mm-hmm. but still like it's funny, like I didn't feel this like turned on in my pregnancy with Amelia, but for whatever reason with this baby, I do, and so it's like I still need that, and I've been mm-hmm. doing things like you said like vibrate and whatever like you know that I've used, but it's like I also need to reconnect with my husband, and being yeah. away together and getting to connect and be intimate was really a huge part of the trip, and it made me feel really good about not only where we were but also like just made me feel good period Mm. and like just I noticed I came back and was like oh I'm so refreshed between like the massages the facials the sex the dinners the you know like just all the things it was like oh my god everyone's like you look so relaxed and I'm like yeah because I just kind of let myself like fall in you know Mm.
1: so So great true it's so great and I think that you know, you mentioned something, just being away together, being able to have unstructured time together, go here, go here, really just be on your own time as a couple, whether you have kids or not, you know, life is busy. And I think couples get into this routine uh, of daily life. And especially when you have kids, you become these great partners in parenting and, you're picking, he's picking up the diapers and you're doing this. And, and it's like a real team operation. But within that closeness and that familiarity, you can often like lose the eroticism and the excitement. So going away, I mean, it's an obvious solution, right? Take a trip away for a weekend or eat the And you're going to be able to break out of that familiarity and that routine and, and find some chemistry again. And of course, you know, that's the challenge in everyday life. How do we do that without going away every weekend, right? Right. Um, but you can. You can find little ways to invite thrill back into your relationship. Um, and I'm constantly in my own relationship inventing ways to bring back that sense of, of thrill and excitement. And, um, you know, the other day I was, you know, because look, we we often talk about the same things with our partner, right? How was your day? What's happening with this project? Um, What's the plan for the weekend? Where do I need to organize the babysitters? Like it's a lot of logistics, right? Which can be pretty boring. And so I just started talking about the nature of things. I was like, let's talk about the nature of love. Let's talk about the nature of the universe. How big is the universe? And I just started pulling all these sort of Random but slightly romantic topics to talk about. And suddenly I felt more romance. I felt more like openness between us because I had broken the routine. It's so simple. Break up the routine of your daily conversation, talk about something bigger, something slightly um, more ambiguous or cosmic in a way. And without getting too woo woo, suddenly you're talking about something different. And then you realize, oh, I didn't know your opinion about that. I didn't know your thoughts on the cosmos or on the nature of love or about this poet or, or this mountain, you know, or, or say, Hey, let's sit down. Let's look at, uh, let's look at the biggest mountain ranges on the planet. And so then the two of you get lost in looking in beauty for a moment or, Hey, let's spend 10 minutes dreaming about, you know, the adventure we're going to take when the kids are a little bit older. And so then suddenly you're co-creating, a future adventure together and that's exciting it's like how do you feel when you roll a ride a roller coaster you feel that sense of excitement you, you have to look for ways to invent excitement where maybe you feel there isn't any anymore because of the daily routine that you've fallen into
0: does that make sense that totally makes sense and I think that's a really great um you know just great advice because it's true like we all get caught up in like the mundane, you know, bullshit, of how was your day? Like, I'm so guilty so about Like, How was better, your day? Yeah. Oh, it was fine. You know, oh, well, how was work? Oh, it was good. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the conversation is just the same every single day and you're just like, yeah. oh my God, can't we talk about something else? And it's true, mm-hmm. like you really do need to be aware and be intentional about like those conversations. And that's what I think being away, you know, in, you know, at acoba just like sitting and talking about like what we were seeing and the sights and the boat ride and like all these things mm-hmm. that like normally we wouldn't talk about it was so nice to just to get those conversations and to feel connected in that sense.
1: hmm Totally.
0: And I bet you were also kissing more, just like throughout the day. Yes, totally. And hugging and just touching and yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Things change when you are out of the routine. So yeah, if we could so only true. if we could
0: only be out of the routine more. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like and so okay, that's a great segue. What would you recommend? when you can't get away and, you know, you're stuck really at home and especially like me as, you know, a new mom and about to be mom of two, you know, here Mm -hmm. soon, like how do you get out of that heavy routine and still kind of, you know, have that light in your relationship without going crazy and feeling like we got to drop all this money. We got to go here. We got to go there and just be home and figure it out in your own system.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I think that, you know, People always, you know, if you say, oh, well, make sure you're having date nights. People are like, yeah, well, that's so cliched. And what if I can't find a babysitter or this? You know, what if you don't have the budget for it? It's like you can still create amazing dates at home. But it takes planning because what people will say is they'll say, well, actually, I'm too tired once the kids are finally in bed. And so even if we've planned something, I'm then too tired to sort of act on it once the kids are finally in bed. And my response to that is always the same. It's like you have to be super strategic, and you have to be a really great planner. So if you're gonna plan like an amazing at home date where you know you want to make love and have really great sex, but you don't have a babysitter and it's all gotta happen at home, so what you want to do is this: so you make a game plan with your spouse, and you're like, listen, we're gonna set the clocks a little bit early, so the ki- or late, however you wanna do it, so the kids if they can tell the time, so that you they're like. Fooled, right? So they think they're still going to bed at bedtime, but it's actually a little bit earlier. <laughs> and you're gonna and you're gonna ask your spouse to do the bedtime because so often it's us as the moms who do bedtime, and then after the cleanup and the bath time, and then mopping up the bathroom floor, which is inevitably wet from the bath and the books, you're tired. So you pass that off to your spouse for that night while they're doing the whole bedtime routine. You're taking that moment. To really transition and re energize. So, think about what that means to you. I'm gonna go in my room. I'm gonna have a glass of wine. I'm gonna have a little puff on my vape pen. I'm gonna turn on music. I'm gonna dance for myself. I'm gonna lay down and have a micro nap. I'm gonna stretch. I'm gonna shower. Whatever it is that will help you transition from like being a busy mama all day and tap back into feeling like a sensual woman, getting back into your body. Sort of releasing the stress and finding that central energy again. And it can be really simple as just turning on your favorite song or, or rubbing your body with, you know, your favorite lotion or looking at yourself in the mirror, or maybe putting on a piece of lingerie that makes you feel sexy. So you're going to go and transition. At the same time, once he's got the kids in bed, he's going to order takeout, okay? So the takeout will take about 45 minutes, right? So you're chilling. He's getting the kids down and ordering takeout. Then it's timed perfectly. You've transitioned. You're ready to have sex. You have great sex for maybe 30 to 35 minutes. Boom, you're done. The takeout arrives. (laughs) Then you guys have like, it's amazing. You just have to time it, right? You have had the sex, right? Then you have a great meal and you watch a movie and you've had a great night together. Or maybe you play a game if you don't want to just fall into the pattern of watching a movie. But so often it's like, Oh, I'm too tired after the kids are in bed. Or, oh, I feel too full after I've had dinner. Well, just tweak the order of things. So you have sex, then takeout, and then a movie. You've
0: had a great night. You've done it all. Right. That's so (laughs) true. Like something just simple like that. It's so true. I'm like, so many times, especially being obviously third trimester pregnant, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I can't move. My body hurts. Everything hurts. And it's true. It's like, and then if I eat and I'm like too stuffed, like forget it. Sex is just. And happening. it's
1: game over. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yep. But look, even if you're not, you know, even if you're not pregnant, I think we all have that experience of, because look, the initial chemistry, the has to have you now energy. is like, it's long gone, right? Cause you're in a long-term relationship. It doesn't mean all the passion's gone, but that like, I have to throw you down and jump on top of you. Passion. is probably not happening. If you're, either a really pregnant or b just been in a long-term relationship but yeah so true can right but you can you can work to sort of orchestrate and and recreate situations and scenarios where you can find a yes right you want to find your yes so you're not going to find your yes if you've just had a huge indian curry takeout right it's going to be hard to find your yes if You've done all the bedtime, so you just want to look and say, "How can I manage my energy, so I can find a yes for intimacy more easily?" Right. And oftentimes, like because that's really what it is, because our spouses, you know, are usually up for it, right? So they'll come up and nudge us or wink, and sort of that's their initiation, and we'll often reject them. I'm too tired. I'm too full. But if in that moment you could say, before you say that immediate no. If you ask yourself, hey, could I find, might I find a yes here? Am I really mad at him? Has he done something to really piss me off? No. Am I ill? Like, am I ill that I actually can't rally? No. Uh, You know, am I so like full that I can't muster? Okay, maybe, hopefully not. So if, if the answer to these little questions that you're asking yourself is no, then you ask yourself, look, would pleasure feel good to me right now? And really the answer is usually yes. So it's about having some self-awareness, managing your your energy around sex, and and, and, and not being lazy and saying, is there a way to find a yes here? Being lazy is okay too, but not every time. So it is about looking and saying, how can I find my yes?
0: I love that. How do I find my yes? Well, and I was going to say like, So that being said, would you say like, you know, like how, like we're talking about all this, but would you say like, you know, with a lot of the challenges and the blocks that come, especially for moms that they face Mm -hmm. in their sex and lives and relationships, do you think a lot of that is the fact that they're not finding that way to the yes?
1: Look, I think there's a lot of blocks, right? It's not just the hormone. uh, There's a loss of freedom when we become moms, right? And I never knew how much my freedom sort of turned me on. Like I used to go on walks on the street or I'd walk down Melrose before I had kids and just talk to people or look at the shops. And that was exciting. I would come home inspired. Um, But you know, what happens when you have a kid is you're in the house more um, so that you lose that freedom. You lose a lot of inspiration. It's like, um, you know, there's also resentment that creeps in and that's really like a horrible It's so toxic. And and I think that so many couples experience resentment once they start having kids because of the imbalance, right? Or the inequity of the division of household duties. And even though today, I really do believe that men are so much more involved in household and domestic and childcare responsibilities. I think still no matter what more falls on the mom, right? There's the mental load. We're always thinking about them. And if we're we're not tuned in to what we need, and if we stop asking for what we need, or maybe we were asking, but our needs weren't met. So we stopped asking, or we don't want to feel like a nag. But if we're not asking for the help that we need, we're not going to get it. And then we're going to feel resentment and you can't have sex with someone you're resenting because that's just really bad sex.
0: Yeah, no kidding. So I was like angry the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So look, it's a loss of freedom, it's creeping resentment. It's uh it, maybe you're feeling funny about your body, right? Maybe your body changed. Maybe you haven't lost the weight or maybe you lost too much weight. Maybe your boobs are in a different place now. So it's very much about looking and saying, "Where am I most blocked?" You know, is it my body that I that's that's that I can't stop thinking about? when we're having sex? Is it the fact that I need more help and more appreciation from my partner to feel attracted to him? Um, Is it that I need more romance? Is it that I need more, maybe I need foreplay to start, you know, in the morning with texts and telling me compliments, like really tuning in to go, what is keeping me from, and that's not, you know, what's keeping me from besides the obvious exhaustion and hormones? What's keeping me from feeling like the sexiest or most confident woman, mother and partner I can be. Because so often our identities, we get super sucked into the mother part of our identity. And we forget about the woman and partner aspects of our personality. So what's blocking me from feeling the most alive, from from my yes, from investing in this important aspect, this intimacy of our life? What's blocking me? And then once you kind of know what's blocking you, you can work to, to fix it. You can work to heal it. You can work to bust through your blocks and, and evolve yourself and your relationship into the next place.
0: I love that. Well, and then for you personally, Dana, like obviously you said, you're a mom of two and mm-hmm. you know, you have your hands full, obviously then with the business and then your husband's also, you know, he's your business partner. I'm curious, mm-hmm. how does that work? Mm-hmm when it comes to <laughs> you guys and your personal dynamic of mm. like, how do you turn off like the business, like forget parents. Okay. I get that. That's
1: yeah.
0: But just the business partners, and then being able to get down together and have fun and everything else and connect sexually. How does that work?
1: Totally. It's such a good question. Thank you for asking me that. Um, look, it's complicated. It is, it, it, c- it continues to evolve after 15 years. I would say um, that, you know, in the sense that we're entrepreneurs and we can work from everywhere, anywhere, we do have a lot of afternoon sex. So that really helps our working relationship um, because we both have energy. The kids aren't around. We can head into the office late or come home from the office early and make sure that we're connecting as lovers. That really helps to kind of diffuse um, some of the challenges that we have in working together, we both think that we're right a lot, and so <laughs> so there's some there's some butting heads there. Um, but also like I've I've really started uh, doing a lot of um, just you know research and learning in male female dynamics and in what men how men want to feel, how men want to be treated um, and making sure that I'm sort of doing my part to kind of hold him up as a king. Like if I ask him, and it's, it, oh, so much of it comes down to word choices. So if I ask him, Hey, what should I do here? What should I do in this project? What should I do? If I say, what should I do as a man, he interprets that as I want his opinion and I'm going to do what he says I should do. Oftentimes, I'll say, what should I do? And then I'll do the complete opposite of what he says. And that drives him crazy. And I didn't really understand why it drove him crazy. It's driving him crazy, because he feels that he's stepping up to help me that he's giving me his best, you know, knowledge and information. And that because I've asked, what should I do, that I should take his opinion, right, that I should take the time and effort that he gave me, and then I should run with it. If I asked him, if I phrased it in a different way, if I said, hey, what's your opinion on this? Then he wouldn't have the expectation that I would be doing what he said. And so he wouldn't feel rejected or annoyed when I actually don't do what he says. So it, it, it's, it's so much about word choice. It's like, it's also like when you're asking for help, if you say, can't you just take out the garbage? well, a man's going to feel backed into a corner. Of course I can. I'm capable. Of course I can. And that's not really giving him any choice, but saying, would you take out the garbage for me, babe is giving him the opportunity to be your hero and help you. And then when you say, Oh, thank you so much. That really helps me. Then he feels praised for what he's done. So it's like, I'm always thinking, how can I, how can we work together in a way where he feels admired because men want to feel admired and where I feel adored because I want to feel adored, right? Men want to feel admired and most often women want to feel adored. I'm speaking, you know, quite stereotypically or or in common terms, but especially for my relationship, he wants to feel admired. I want to feel adored. We know that about each other. So even while we're working, we will try to bring that dynamic into our working relationship. And look, sometimes we fight. I mean, if I'm honest, we had the biggest fight of our relationship about two months ago. It rocked me. It rocked me. In 17 years, 15 years married, 17 years together, we have never fought like we did. And it was about work. And, and I think it's because, you know, certain ways that you, that you are together, that you relate together, well, those certain ways expire. And so you have to look at new ways. If we're going to keep working together, what are some new ways to overcome these challenges? And so we always ask each other, how do we co-create a relationship right now, considering where we are right now? Because look, when you have a newborn, how you are in your relationship is different from when your kids are walking or when your kids are both in school full time. So you have to keep checking in. How do we co-create a relationship right now looking at the factors and the dynamics of our life and situation right now.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing that you have like a, you know, a mind blowing fight because I think, Ugh, it was you know, horrible. a lot of times people just think like, oh, well, you know, if they're an expert in this and everything and that, then like they, they, they're not experiencing it. So therefore like they don't really know what I'm going through. But like you just said, you had like a horrible fight. though so, like this is something that you're attuned to.
1: Totally. And you know what? I'm actually really grateful for it because that fight was a huge mirror for me. Like I got a real close look at some behaviors that I was putting into our relationship that I truthfully was not having any self awareness around. And I consider myself a pretty self aware person. Yeah. So to have, have this, to have this kind of growth, it's painful, but it's exciting. I will always say, I will always welcome growth even though it's painful, because what's on the other side, if you invest, if you dig in, if you're willing to look at yourself, and of course, if your partner's willing to look at themselves too, what's on the other side of that is newness and excitement and more connection and more intimacy. So that was a hard one. It was a really hard one. But then we really started to grow from it And that growth, then I became, like, super attracted to him because I was, like, oh, my God, this growth is really sexy. So it's interesting. The weirdest things turn me on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but, like, I love that you just said, like, growth turns you on because, like, I'm -hmm. I'm also, like, as I get older and obviously become, you know, a mom and, you know, became a mom and become a mom of two and all these things. Like I realize that, like when I go through groundbreaking moments, whether it be for myself personally or in my relationship or be doing things as a mom, like I feel the same way. Like I'm like, wow, I am so not only proud of myself, but like turned on by myself and that growth and that evolution. And I think that it's so cool that you shared that because again, like there's another there's like another connection to how you can kind of feel good about yourself, and it doesn't always have to be just straight up sexual.
1: Totally. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's really, you know, so much of what I, I practice in my daily life and, and what I teach or write about. It's not just sexual, it's emotional, it's sensual. It's how do we bring just more joy and pleasure into our daily life? Um, you know, how do we integrate sensuality? And that could be sexual pleasure, but sensuality, delicious smells, you know, how things feel on your skin, the sound of music, like how do we layer these things? How do we look up and pay more attention so that just our daily lives feel more pleasurable and more enjoyable so that the work that we have to do both in and out of the home feels like less of a burden. You know, it's like put some pleasure on it. I'm always like, that's my hashtag. Just put some pleasure on it. <laughs> you know, how that. can I take this, this mundane moment of doing laundry, or having to clean up dinner, even if that dinner was delicious, I still hate the cleanup part. But how can I use my imagination to make each moment more pleasurable? Because like, truthfully, we do only have one life. And I don't want to spend it feeling irritated.
0: Oh, so well said. And like so many (laughs) times, you can just get stuck and irritated. Like, that was, yep. the day. I was just feeling overwhelmed by everything. I came back, you know, from our baby moon feeling so refreshed. I came back, of course, to a million things with, you know, email and mom life and the house and everything. Yep. I was so frustrated. I was so exhausted. My body obviously is physically exhausted. I can't breathe being in third trimester, yep. you know, all the things. And instead of just like getting like super upset, which I did at first, I just like turned my phone uh, upside down, like went and got in the bath and did a soak got out of the bath and took a nap. And I was just like, you know what, today, I'm gonna let myself just like, freaking pause and self care and allow myself to like, feel these feelings, but like, not let them take me over so that I Mm -hmm. am.
1: Totally, totally, because we always have a choice. We always have a choice. And that's hard to, you know, it's like, you know, how do we step up and and take ownership of our moods, right? Because there's so many external factors that uh, influence our moods and our state of being and our responsibilities and all of that. But I think there's a shift that you can make where you change your mindset to, to, to really, um, believe that I have a choice in how I look at this moment. I have a choice in how I feel in this moment. um, And, you know, I always say, like, how do you go from chore to choice? Does sex feel like a chore? Well, how can we change our mindset to make it feel like a choice? Does having to, like, you know, get on the floor and play, you know, Imaginext figurines for endless hours with your child bore you to tears? Does it feel like a chore? Yes. But how can you make it a choice Well, maybe you can put on your favorite music? You know, there's always a way. There's always a way to go from chore to choice and from obligation to opportunity, but it takes like, you know, sometimes I'll wear a rubber band on my wrist and snap it to remind myself, Oh, I have a choice here. I have a choice here. How do I feel? How do I want to feel? Okay. What can I do to help me feel better in this situation?
0: Right. That's so true. And I love that you said that about like music and everything like, like, and, and, and like little things again to tweak, just yeah. to make the situation a little bit better and to change your perception. Totally. And for me, it's often music. It's often
1: chocolate. Um, I rely heavily on chocolate. Um, and uh, and you know, also my best friends. I really, you know, when I feel funky, which is you know potentially several times a day, I've got my girls on. Standby on my phone. So we'll send each other jokes. We'll send each other gifts. We'll give each other big up compliments. Um, and it's like these little touch points throughout the day. Hey, how you doing? Right? Because community is so important. Um, community makes us feel held and supported. Um, and you know, motherhood can really be isolating. Even though we're often surrounded by people, we can often just feel lonely. Um, so adding in pleasure where you can, adding in community where you can. I think it's really important. And I also think it's really important that we encourage our spouses to have community as well. So that, so that we don't feel that we are the one source of their social happiness or their communal happiness. Um, I'm always encouraging my husband, go have a boys night, go, Hey, you met that guy. Maybe he could be a friend, text him, call him. I think it's harder for guys it's way
0: harder for guys. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, it's like, it's not normal or natural, but I swear to God, every time my husband makes a new friend, I feel like I've won the lottery because, (laughs) you know, because it's like, it's going to get him out of the house more. It's going to get him having more fun. Um, and I want, I want him having fun. I want him to bring his most fun self to me. You know, just like I know that the best Dana is the relaxed Dana and the Dana who's having fun. I know this about myself. Stressed out Dana, she's so not fun to be around. It's like <laughs> I don't even want to be around myself. So how can we have more fun? You know, it's like I feel like when I'm stressed or feeling clunky, that's another question that I ask myself. It's like, how can I just how can I have more fun in this situation? Um and I feel like, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, which is hopefully not going to be a really, 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 really long time, I will be able to look back at my life and be like, oh my God, I had as much fun and pleasure as possible. Not, oh, I'm so glad like I worked those extra hours. You know, I'm so glad I was really stressed oh, out yeah. about that deadline because that's just not what life's about, you know. I want to be able to say, Oh my God, I had the best sex. I had as much of the best sex as possible. Not, Oh, I said no too often because I was tired, you know? So I kind of check myself in that way. Maybe that sounds like macabre that I go to like my deathbed vision, (laughs) But, uh, but it does. It helps me. It helps me check in. Like, you know, would I be happy that I stayed irritated or would I be happy that I said yes to having an orgasm? Um, and the answer is always, you know, have an orgasm. That's always the answer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Totally. Right. Yes. Always choose, always choose the orgasm.
1: <laughs> totally. Always choose the orgasm. No, I That's love that. The mantra. That's,
0: be another um, hashtag of yours. Always choose the orgasm. Totally. Um, and I love, <laughs> that, like, you know, like you, you know, like, yeah, okay. You went to like a heavy place as far as, you know, the deathbed, but it's true. It's like do, what, when you're, when you're laying there and like life is over, or going to be over it's like you know oh do you look back and go oh i'm so glad i did those extra hours or do you look back and go mm-hmm. oh i'm so glad i had those experiences i made that room for myself i did those things to change mm-hmm. the way i felt about that situation you know i spent more time with my partner like i think that's like so important to stress because especially so many of us nowadays are entrepreneurs or are just working overtime totally. everything and don't have as much time in our lives and it's like when you give that back to yourself and allow yourself that time. And especially Mm -hmm. connection with your partner, it's like, wow, what a difference. Totally.
1: And it's yeah, totally. And it's really interesting. You know, you just touched upon the experience of, you know, being a working mom and an, an entrepreneurial mom. And so many of us are like, we're really following our dreams hard. Right. And, and, and so there's not a lot of time to just, be still there's not a lot of time to unwind because either we're hitting it hard to pursue our dreams or we're hitting it hard with our kids and then we're like trying to be the best lovers we're trying to be all these things um and and it's interesting because I just turned 44 um which is amazing thank you thank you so much I will take that compliment but like that 40 wasn't a big number for me but interesting 44 was a big number for me it was a shift into sort of like stepping into a different sense of power as a woman, almost like stepping into a new seat of my power. Um, And, and that really asked me this last birthday. It was just a few months ago. It really asked me to redefine success because the success that I was always pursuing in Manhattan and in grad school and the music business and in my own business and this and that to create, do more, do more, get more attention, get more press, get more TV, get more sales. That was what success was to me. And it fulfilled me and it drove me. And the external praise and the attention drove me and fueled me. And then suddenly, it started to not feel so good. The striving, the sort of aggressive striving started to not feel so good. And I had to take a look And and really identify that so much of my self-worth from my twenties and thirties was tied to external praise, someone else's definition of you know the fact that you know when you make money you're you're successful. Well, I made money. And I still was chasing more success. And that chasing just sort of stopped. Feeling so good, so it's just been a very interesting shift for me as a woman. And now, like, my new definition of success is more about how much pleasure did I feel, you know, how much did I connect with my kids? Oh my god, my kid is uh confident, wow, my kid loves himself. I that, that that's what that's my accomplishment. My kids love themselves because I've taught them that. Holy shit, that's what my new definition of success is about. So I'm really in this phase of like redefining and exploring. Um, And it's definitely interesting. I will say it's come with uh, some real highs and lows because I feel like the old way in which I've done everything for so long suddenly stopped feeling so good to me. And that's a major life thing when you have to kind of face that and look at, okay, well, how do I want the next decade or two or three,
0: four or five decades to go. It's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you touched on, of course, you being an entrepreneur and being you know, successful and all the things that you do. I, lo- I love that you touched on like the striving and the chasing, because I think we do so much of that, especially mm-hmm. as moms, because we feel like, mm-hmm. okay, what's next and what else, and what else should I be doing? And I'm not doing enough. And I can't yep. feel that. And I have to tell myself the same thing, like, okay, stop striving, stop chasing, like just let certain things come go after the things that really matter, but like, don't go after everything else, you know, like,
1: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: and I'm still, you know, it's just, it's so, um, it's just so interesting when you hear it from someone else who is also an entrepreneur has been very successful. It makes you feel like, Oh my gosh, like what I've been feeling, it not only is validated, but it's like, I'm not crazy. Like there's no reason I've been like feeling that heaviness from, Too much striving and too much totally, and you know, and I think that that's you know, um, that's totally cool that you shared that. Yeah,
1: thank you. I just feel like I just want to be honest about it because I know that other people are experiencing this. And and a friend of mine, um, you know, when I was sort of, you know, first feeling these feelings, and I said, um, you know, I was like, why I still feel like I need more, and she looked at me, and she said, Dana. You've already won. Sit back and enjoy your trophies. Yeah. I thought, oh my god. Yeah. I already won. I already won and and look, I don't mean I won the race, I'm better than it. It's not that. But if I look back to what my dreams were in my foundational years, you know, in my early 20s, I now have, I've created, I've achieved, I've birthed, I've met my love. I've created a beautiful life. I have everything I wanted. And so this, this idea of sitting back and actually enjoying, enjoying my trophies instead of what's next, what's next always. It's like, no. So I'm really learning that right now. I'm really learning to sit back and enjoy my trophies. <laughs>
0: that's awesome, though. I think that's amazing. And like, let's go into mom life for a minute here. since We're on this topic, you know, like mom of two. How do you not only like handle, you know, being a mom of two and of course being a supportive partner and everything and then of course entrepreneur and everything else. But how do you handle being a mom of two and then taking in what you just said to us? How does that apply in motherhood?
1: Hmm. Hmm. God, that's a really interesting question.
0: Um, you know, I guess the first thing that comes
1: to mind, uh, is, is I think this, um, it's like witnessing their innocence and really, really taking in the joy of being with them exactly as they are. Right. Because I think that with motherhood, and and with all the striving that we do, we can sort of subconsciously apply a lot of striving to our children as well. Well, they should be this way, let's sign them up for all these extracurricular activities and I'm guilty of all of that, right? Or I wanna put them in cute clothes so they feel this way or that way. Um, and for me, I think the way that I've applied or I'm starting more so to apply this, what should we call it, this sort of present moment awareness that I'm coming into, is really being with my children and accepting them for who they are. And they are weird. They are weird little humans. (laughs) They are such wonderful little weirdos and they're each so unique and so individual. Um, And, and, and I think witnessing them truly be themselves and witnessing my own, Ooh, I hate to use the word, my own judgment. Right. The things that we think, my own micro judgments of them, which all comes from worry, right? It all comes from worry. Will they be teased? Will they be successful? Will they find love? Will they grow up to be, you know, it all comes from worry, but stepping back and be like, enjoy these beautiful humans just as they are. And then they encourage me to be more and more myself as well. And I did. I had this, I you know, it's so funny. (laughs) It's all about a Celine Dion concert. A friend of mine called me late on a Friday afternoon and was like, I have six tickets to the Celine Dion concert. Do you want to bring Indy? Indy's my daughter. And it was me and Indy, my friend and her daughter and another mom. And, and so it was like three girls who were all best friends and then the moms and we were all close. And I thought, yes, I, I don't even love Celine, but I love Celine. I'm going. And Celine is one of those talents, which is truly undeniable. She's an incredible performer hearing her voice is like hearing a legend. You do feel privileged to hear it, whether you like the style of her music or not. And we were all dancing and there were these three, just our beautiful six-year-old daughters who were, you know, in their party dresses and in in the moment and feeling the music and experiencing this legend, this concert, this incredible environment for the first time. And I wrapped my arms around Indy and we were sort of singing and dancing together. And I really had this realization, of, if all I ever do is help her feel loved and secure and love herself and feel secure in herself, then that's it. That was the trophy. I had a real awakening that night at Celine Dion. Um, my mom always used to say to me, Oh, you're the most important thing I've ever done. Raising you and your brother, it's the most important thing I've ever done. And I never really got it. You know, she was a career woman. She started her own makeup business. I always thought that, you know, that was the best thing that she'd ever done. But she always would say, no, it's you guys. It's you guys. And I never fully got it. And I got it then. She raised raised happy, healthy children who love. I love myself. I love myself. And I got it. If I can raise a happy, healthy human who loves herself, then I've actually, that's the trophy. That's the trophy of life. It took me a long time to get it, but I got it.
0: Yeah, I feel you. It, it's so funny you say that because, you know, obviously I'm, you know, new into the mom world, but like, I already am like, oh my God, like I'm, I love my career and I love everything I built and all the things in my brand. And I'm so grateful. But like, I look at Amelia and I'm just like, you literally are the best thing that's ever happened to me. And you are the best thing I've ever freaking done. And even Justin, my husband will say to me, like, we'll be laying on the couch you know, getting all sappy and emotional, and he'll be like, mm-hmm. she literally is the best thing that ever happened to us, and I'm like, she mm-hmm. is, and it's like, I'm sure we'll feel, you know, the same, you know, when this baby girl arrives, but of it's course. like wild, how you really do have that transition, especially as mom, mm-hmm. like, I was chasing, chasing, chasing this, and this was what I thought mm-hmm. success was, and then I had you, and like, holy shit, that changed. Yeah,
1: totally, so, but there's also like a reckoning, right, there's like a transition period. It happens from being the super focused, super ambitious entrepreneur, and then integrating all these new feelings, all these new emotions, and trying to discover and integrate the new identity, and figuring out what stays, what goes, how do I go forward? It's a
0: real mind fuck. This whole motherhood game. That is no kidding, and that's that's putting it lightly.
1: Totally, <laughs> really lightly. Really,
0: yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, well, I want to go back to some of the sex conversations we were having in a little bit because I know you and I talked a little bit offline about how women's libidos are really affected when it comes to all this, especially mothers. So I want to mm-hmm. know how you really, because I know you've got some tips and tricks on how mm. you really get your libido back as a woman and especially as a mom.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, look, I think that the baseline um, practice for maintaining a healthy libido and look, a healthy libido to one woman might be that she authentically desires sex once every three weeks. A healthy woman to another, a healthy libido to another woman might be that she's having sex three times a week. So it's when I say normal or healthy, I want to just, you know, preface that by normal and healthy can mean whatever it means to you. And that's different for everyone. But I really feel like the baseline practice for any woman and especially for moms is self-pleasure. It is masturbation and making a date with yourself at least once a week um, to pleasure yourself. And look, it, it only, you know, you only need five or 10 minutes, but to actually add a little bit of ritual to it. So Maybe you read some erotica or maybe you watch some sexy porn that's, you know, female friendly and that turns you on. Um, Maybe you fantasize about the best sex that you ever had with your spouse or with someone else. Maybe you buy yourself a new sex toy every month. And so it feels like you have something new and and novel to try. But why I think it's so important, um, not only obviously are orgasms stress relieving, but when you are practicing pleasure your body starts to crave pleasure, right? So it's about finding your authentic yes. If you're having a yes with yourself once a week, when your partner initiates sex, your body's going to remember, wait, pleasure feels good, orgasms feel good. You're going to be one step closer to that yes. But if you're always saying, I'm too tired, I don't need it, my life is full, I don't need an orgasm, then you're one step further away from your yes. Also. I think that masturbation is so important for moms because it is this practice in putting yourself first. It's almost like a radical statement. For these five or 10 minutes, I am going to put my needs first, even if it's just for a minute, because as we get deeper into motherhood, it's like we're taking care of everyone else. Um, And of course, so it's easy to put our own needs. So almost symbolically, it's sort of saying, hey. I'm making myself a priority, I'm making feeling good a priority, and I'm making my libido a priority. It's also saying I have influence over my libido. I think oftentimes, especially after the hormonal shift in those early months postpartum, we are so at the whim of our hormones. But then our hormones regulate, but our lifestyle and our behaviors may not catch up right away. And we think, oh, well, it's just my hormones. I don't crave sex. I don't know what to do. But if you switch your mindset to say, actually, I'm empowered to have influence over my libido. I'm going to make this a practice. Sex begets sex. Orgasms, orgasms beget orgasms. I'm going to make this a practice. Then you're actually being really empowered. Um, and you're taking ownership of your libido. And you're doing something about it. And it's not like it's hard work. It's actually just really fun. Um, so, And all it takes is five to 10 minutes. And, and I, I, maybe you can tell from this, from our conversation, I'm quite an organized and, and structured person. Um, you know, like with him putting the kids down, ordering the takeout where well, you transition and then the timing and it's perfect. But it doesn't have to be perfect. But every week I will look at my planner and I will look for windows where I have a half an hour of alone time and I'll write it down in my planner Solo session, and I know that for those thirty minutes, I'm going to go connect with myself. I'm going to go stretch. I'm going to listen to music. I'm going to masturbate. I'm going to have an orgasm. I'm going to scroll a little bit on social media, and it's just going to be my time. And having those frequent orgasms, it's just the building block. It's the building block for my libido. It's the building block for um, my desire. So that that I
0: would definitely recommend. I think that's such great advice. And I think one of the questions I have. Is, you know, not all women, and I've had this conversation with a lot of different women, different ages, mm-hmm. different you know ranges of where they are in life, married, boyfriends, you know, single, whatever it may be. Yeah, A lot of women and moms mm-hmm. get stuck and don't feel like they can do that for themselves or masturbate or get themselves off or feel good about it or it feels weird or dirty or mm-hmm. it's not what they've ever done. What Mm -hmm. would be advice and like, you know, your, you know, your way of looking at that to say Mm to them, because honestly, for me, I have always been able to do that. So Mm -hmm. I, when I, when I hear that, I don't think it's weird. I just feel like, oh, wow. Like maybe you have a disconnect with your body or maybe you just haven't done the right things. Like for me. I, I i tell my husband i'm like listen you know we haven't done it in two weeks so like i'm getting myself off in the shower you know mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. that's, that's just what's happening you know so uh, it's um and my husband understands that um you know and doesn't take offense to it because every now and again he does his thing too but mm-hmm. i'm curious for women like what would be advice with that
1: sure look i think that you know if if a woman has never been given permission or she's never given herself permission um i can understand it feeling like a weird or foreign experience or like she's not entitled to it or you know women saying oh well i have such little sexual energy i feel like i have to save it you know for my for my partner um or maybe they grew up believing that it was dirty that it was a sin maybe they grew up in a religion where or a family where you do not touch yourself because, you know, your, your, your hand's going to turn green, you know, and people, <laughs> people tell their children the craziest things. Um, and so I would say if the resistance is tied to an old belief, a family belief, a belief from your upbringing, the, the process that I take my clients through is I say, okay, what's the belief? Let's really say it. What's the belief? Where'd you learn it from? And then the and then they say it. And then the second question is, do you believe it? Do you still believe what this person told you or what you learned? Do you believe that, that self-pleasure is actually wrong or a sin or a waste of time or whatever that belief is? Do you actually believe it? Is it still true for who you are right now? And usually they'll say, oh my God, I actually don't believe it. I always thought it was bullshit, but I went along with it because I felt I had to be a good girl or whatever. And the third question is, can you rewrite that belief for who you are now? What's possible for you now? Are you willing to say, pleasure is my right. I'm going to make it a habit. You know, can you just rewrite that belief? And more often than not, you know, people's eyes will light up. They'll be like, yeah, I can. I didn't know I had that option to rewrite the belief. I didn't know I had the option to change my mindset. But yeah, I want to. So, you know, you can apply those three questions. What's the belief? Where did I learn it from? Is it still true? Do I believe it? And can I rewrite that belief? And it doesn't have to be crazy deep. It doesn't have to be tied to trauma. It might be, but it doesn't have to be. But it can be as simple as, well, only bad girls do that. Well, no, actually not. Most, you know, God wouldn't have made us or the spirit universe wouldn't have made our arms a certain length. This wasn't meant to touch ourselves. Right. Um, And so what, what else is possible for you? I love that question when it comes to exploring sexuality, what's, what else is possible? It's not about what should you do to keep up or what should you do to spice it up or this or that, but just what else is possible for you as a woman, what else is possible for you as a partner in your relationship? And that question is full of potential and creativity. Um, so thinking about your blocks in that way, what else is possible for me here is a very helpful way um, to help people shift out of old patterns or shift out of blocks around self pleasure or really about anything as it relates to sex.
0: Right. Right. I think that's really great and I love what you said again going back to the permission like giving yourself permission mm-hmm. to feel those things and to allow yourself to go there and your mind and everything else but it's true I feel like a lot of times especially as women we don't give our, we don't give ourselves permission for a lot of things we don't give ourselves totally to not feel mom guilt we don't mm. give ourselves permission like for me with going through heart and depression like to allow myself to acknowledge that I was going through that. Like there's so many things, especially as women, for whatever reason that we don't give permission to ourselves. So it does Mm -hmm. make sense that it would also tie into that sexual being and realm as well.
1: Totally. Totally.
0: And you know, it even comes
1: into like um, the, this permission idea. Like we often don't give ourselves permission to fully relax into the present moment while we're having sex will be thinking like, can I hear the monitor? What do I have to do after this? Oh shit, I forgot to send that email. I gotta <laughs> send an email, right? And it's like, you have to do everything in your power not to reach over and send yourself a reminder to send that email while you're having sex. I've been there. And I'm like, Dana, do not pick up the phone. You're having sex, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> but in the moment to bring yourself into the present moment, into the sensation, you can just repeat a simple mantra. I deserve to be here right now experiencing pleasure. I deserve this pleasure. I deserve this pleasure. Just put a silent mantra on repeat. I love the way that this kiss feels. I'm in the moment. I love the way that this touch feels. Let me stay here. Let me bring, my, my, let me bring myself into this feeling. And really just, again, acknowledging the influence you have you are stronger than your to-do list, right? You're stronger than your monkey mind. So bringing yourself out of that and into the moment of pleasure, giving yourself permission to have that pleasure because your to-do list is still going to be there after.
0: So true. And I love that. And I think like what you said, like just resonates so hard with me, like especially, and I, you know, and I think like you said, it's just it is about those affirmations just like you do of like feeling good in the morning to have a good day. It goes even deeper into how you feel sexually and about yourself and your own pleasures and the way you connect and everything. It's like you do have to be so present and you do have to remind yourself like I am enjoying this moment. Allow myself Mm -hmm. to enjoy this moment.
1: Totally. Totally.
0: But it's hard. Amazing. Like seriously, this is like, I'm like, I just like, I feel like my libido just jumped. You know, it's it's so
1: awesome.
0: I love that, like, especially you being a mama that you're like all about, you know, becoming like the happiest, sexiest, the most, you know, satisfied mom in every way, like Mm. including with the sex relationship. I think it's so incredible. I'm going to have to get this mommy uh, Mojo makeover book from you. I'm like, I was looking on your site earlier and I was like, ooh, I need to read this. I will send you a copy for sure. Oh my God, so cool. So before I let you go, is there anything else you'd want to share with us. And of course, plug yourself, tell us where we can find you and also like your courses and your amazing books. Yeah, Love. awesome.
1: Well, you can find out everything about me at Myers.com. But I actually just released this sort of like online quiz um, experience. It's called The Mommy Mojo Makeover, like my book, but it's an online experience that you uh, happens in Messenger and you identify your biggest block. So many of the things that we were talking about and then once you identify your blocks, I send you really quick little two-minute videos with tiny sort of bite-sized actions and mindset shifts that you can do right then and there to uh, to just feel better and feel more alive and, and tune more into your sensuality. So that's free. That's on the website. And my courses, The Satisfied Mama, is on the website. And there's just a ton of videos and blogs to, um, you know, I, I always say we spend so much time mindlessly scrolling through our phone, but if we're going to do that, then we may as well be sort of, you know, expanding our knowledge and our, our sense of self-love and, and improving our relationships. So there's a ton of great resources on the site. It's Dana B. and And I look forward to connecting with your, with your people. Thank you so much
0: for having me. Oh my God. Yes. And what is your social love for those that are like major social buffs
1: Yes, totally. I'm mainly on Instagram, and it is at Dana Myers X O X O, and Myers is M Y E R S. Dana Myers X-O-X-O.
0: I love it. It's like it's like it's like Gossip Girl X O X O. Amazing. Totally. <laughs> so fun. You're incredible. Thank you so much for all like the tips and tricks, and like just libido boosting, and talking like real mom life. I'm here for it. I love it. Thank you for everything you're doing. And till next time, guys. Cheers. Bye.